people don't remember how you look like. They remember the moment that they shared with you. Mm. And that's something that like changed how I saw everything. It's like I go to your house and we spend such a powerful moment and we share like deep, meaningful like stories. You'll remember the deep, meaningful stories. You won't remember the jeans I was wearing. Welcome back to One Thing Common Podcast. On today's episode, I have a little sis, a little sis of mine, Pao Bechalari. Hey, everyone. Hey, girl. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be on here. I feel like today's episode is going to be so powerful and just filled with little drops of gold. Girl, yes, it is. I love, wait, Pao, can you just show us a little bit? Well, yeah, the camera, your shirt, it says worthy and loved. Yeah. Can can you talk about, like, did you make that or did you buy it somewhere? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So at the beginning of quarantine, it was a tough mental health break for me and my sister. So we started this company that would help other people with mental health. So we make like shirts and it was like worthy and love and radiate positivity and create your future because I feel I we felt like that was something that was lacking people feeling worthy and loved and struggling with who they were and then creating their future they felt like they were attached to their their future that their parents created or whatever society was saying about them and then radiating positivity because I feel like positivity is something that's missing we're so negative to ourselves and it's just something that the world needs. So we sell these shirts. It's called The Bit For You. And I just, I don't know. It fills me with happiness every time I wear them. I love it. I love it. First of all, I'm so big on neutral colors. Like, as you can see, I'm wearing neutral. My room is like all neutral. Uh, but not just that. I love the words and the meaning behind it. I um, We have a shirt at VSM and it's called You Are Loved. And I'll wear that at work. And I will, that is, I've never gotten more compliments on a shirt in my entire life than when I wear that shirt, you are loved. And it's like in big letters so people can see it clearly. And uh, people just tell me, I love that shirt. I love the, like the meaning was like, yeah, people, people need a daily reminder of it every single day. Um, Knowing that they're loved, you know, because they may not feel it and they read that and it might just impact one person reading that, you know, and same with your shirts. Like someone might read that and be like, wow, worthy and loved, you know? And so I love that you were able to do that during the pandemic and bring, like you said, a little bit of light to a, a dark season. Dark, very dark season. <laughs> because everyone was isolated in their houses. We forgot, like we couldn't see those little reminders. Like I couldn't go out mm-hmm. to the floor and see someone's shirt that said, um, you're loved or I had to like find it within myself. And a lot of times when we look within ourselves, it's a lot of dark things that we didn't deal with when we were in like the real world because we were so busy, you know? Mm-hmm. That's and, Yeah. So we did this to remind people that it's not just like not someone doesn't have to like tell you all the time. Like maybe you can find within yourself that light and within God, especially because he's the light. I love that. I love that. I want to give people a little bit of backstory on how we met. 
we met through our church, Vertical Church, in our student ministry. There was a Christmas party in 2020, so like literally like what, seven months ago? And um, there was this, y'all, there was this fondue section, okay? All things fondue. They have bananas, they have strawberries, they had they had everything. And Bao was just chilling at the fondue, so you know. Your girl loves chocolate. I make my way over to the fondue and me and Bali just started talking and we literally just chatted over fondue. We got to, um, we got to the topic of mental health. We found out that's something that we're both very passionate about. She got to share a little bit about her story. I got to share a little bit about my story and, um, y'all, this is so funny. So, um, I told Bao, I was like, so my birthday is coming up. Um, and like, we're going to go to like ale house and, you know, just do like a little, like, just, um, I guess like ring in the midnight, like on my birthday. And she's like, all right, cool bet. And so she comes the next day, like after one day of us knowing each other, um, to ale house with this mug I have right here. That's a little polar bear, a card and like a little bath scrub thing. And I was like, girl like what and y'all I'm not even kidding I've used this mug every single day for the past seven months um because I think it's the cutest little thing I've ever seen in my life um but not just that just like the the fact that it was given by by you Bao that was so special like that was like whoa like you wait we met over 24 hours ago and you're giving me this like what like to like someone it could be a mug but to me it meant so much and the little letter just melted my heart um because we had a really deep conversation that night you know and so um yeah I feel like after that like moment we had that conversation I was like okay this girl is she's got something really special inside of her she's got some stories to share and so um wow I wanted to um ask you you know we both are very passionate about mental health you know that's something that uh, I would say we're pretty big advocates when it comes to counseling and destigmatizing, you know, the kind of like the way people see counseling and and um, seeing it for what it really is versus what people think it is or thinking it's only for a certain type of people. Could you talk a little bit about your own journey with mental health, you know? Um, letting the people know how old you are. Cause let me just say y'all homegirl looks older than me. Okay. But she be way <laughs> younger than me. Okay. <laughs> but I, we go out and people think she's the older one. I was like, Nope, Nope. That's, that's me. So, um, yeah, just share a little bit about your story, pal. Yeah. So I'm 16. I'm a junior in high school and my mental health journey started when I was so young. Cause it comes from like generational problems in my own family and my dad's family, my mom's family. Like it's a whole line back, but you know, I'm from Venezuela and in Hispanic countries, a lot of them, people don't see mental health as it is. They're like, Oh, you're sad. Yeah. No, that's not depression. You're just sad. Like get up, keep working. Like you're good. And I feel like around the Latino community, that's something that happens to so many people. And that's why when I came here and I saw that it wasn't like normal to feel like that all the time. I was eight when I came here and I was already like trying to destigmatize it because I would tell my mom like, hey, like what's a therapist? And my mom was like, mm, like it's good, but you don't know. And my family, I feel like they've been really open about it. Like I went to a therapist since I was super little. Like we built puzzles and stuff. It was just like to try to communicate with other people. 
And my dad went to a therapist in Venezuela. So I know families go through way worse that like, oh, you can't see a therapist. But for me, it was more that like you don't need one when I came here and I was needing it. I remember having to like ball my eyes out to my mom. I'm like, mom, like I need to go to someone like right now. Like I can't keep doing this by myself. And she took me to one. And I thought that like the first therapist I went to was the one I had to stay with, you know, because it was just who I was given, but I didn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people don't, they're like, oh, I don't want to switch because I already told them so many things. But if you're not comfortable with them and you're not feeling like they're helping you in the way that you need to be helped, not that they're sugarcoating everything, but that your his like their work dynamic and your work dynamic, it just doesn't go. You can switch. I've been to, I'm in my third therapist right now and I just found one, the one that works for me mm-hmm. and she's amazing. And I feel like that's something that needs to be like normalized, like switching therapists when they don't work for you. Good. Yeah. And we go to therapy because of people that should be in therapy. So Dang. say that again. <laughs> say that again. We go to therapy because of people that should be in therapy. Mm. And therapy isn't something for people with like super big mental issues that they're like mm. sociopaths. No, like like everyday things, like what happened like at your house, like. You don't have to have anxiety. You don't have to have depression. You could just go to someone and talk to them because just getting someone's outside perspective on your situation can open your eyes because we box ourselves in the situation we're in. We don't see outside of it. We don't see ways out. We like put ourselves in a little cage. But I feel like when we go to therapy or when we talk to someone that's like studied it and it's so much like has so much more knowledge, they can open the cage, open the box like make you see a different perspective so many things that I've struggled with I've gone to my therapist about it and she's been like 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 you could do this instead of this I'm like no but you don't understand like that's not how it works and they're like but why I'm like yeah but why so it's not like they don't solve all your problems like that's not what therapists are but they help you see in a different perspective you know so that's where I'm at right now I think Everyone should have a therapist. I say that to everyone. I'm like, you don't have a therapist. You don't have a counselor. I think you should go. Even <laughs> like I struggle with anxiety and depression. But even if I did, I still be like, everyone shouldn't need a therapist because they're so powerful in what they do. Like they're so underestimated. And like, you sh- I think everyone should go. Like everyone needs to talk to someone that's not your friend because your friend is going to tell you what you want to hear, not what you need to hear. And that's the same with like talking with God, like God convicts us in so many ways. But when we have someone in front of us telling it to our faces, it just, it's like, wow, like it's true. And then you also hear it coming from God and then you hear both things and you're like, this, this is like, this is it. Like we need to do something about this Yeah. because you can feel convicted by God, but not do anything. But when someone calls you out on it, like to your face, especially if it's someone that's like, They have so much knowledge because sometimes we downplay God. We're like, oh, like God said this, but I'm going to do what's best for me. Mm. But when you when you're in front of someone, they're like, like, this is like hurting you. I feel like you pay more attention to it, especially when I was like when I started therapy, I was so low in my journey with God and having someone say that to my face. I feel like that even got me closer to God because I was like, 
I hated God when I first started doing therapy because of something that happened to me, like at the beginning of ninth grade. And I didn't understand why God had put me through that. But then I went to someone one time and then I went to another person and they just told me the same thing. It's like, it happened like for a reason, like, and then it's true. Like I'm here today and I see that happen like a year and a half ago or two years. I'm like, it did happen for a reason. Maybe it hurts so much like the first six months, but now that I'm here right now, I can look back at it and I can say I learned so many things just from going through that. Mm, so good so good I love that hindsight such a powerful thing you know and I feel like a lot of times it's our most painful experiences that in the moment they they hurt the most but when we look back at them they're the lessons that teach us the most in life you know we can look back and um, not just see an experience but have new wisdom, uh, greater knowledge, a different perspective, uh, new understanding, right? Because we lived through it. And I think counseling helps so much, like you said, because it gives you a different perspective on the situation. I was laughing when you said, you tell your therapist, but no, it can't be like this. And like, I would tell my, my, my therapist the same thing. And she's like, but why? I'm like, true. Like, she's like, why can it not be like that? Like, what, you know, like, why are you so set in your way? And I was yeah. like, dang, girl, you're right. You're right. But I think that's so important because, like you said, I feel like sometimes, and there are friends um, in our lives that will tell us things up front. But when you have a counselor, there's like no emotional attachment to the situation. They care about you, but there's no emotional attachment. So they're going to tell you, like, not what you need to do. They don't give you like a blueprint on your like everything you need to do, but help us figure out like what's going on inside. Right. And I, we had this conversation last night in the car when I dropped you off at your house, how, when your journey with your hair and everything. And if y'all will see a little clip of Bao, but she's got the cutest curls in the world. Okay. See, she doesn't uh, do well receiving compliments. She gets super blushed. No. So right now her cheeks are rosy. Cutie. Oh my God, I'm working on it. <laughs> oh my God. We were in the bathroom and I just kept complimenting you. are like, Megan, stop. I can't take compliments. So like, yes, you can embrace it. <laughs> No worries. I I get awkward too. I get, I get awkward, but like, it's only awkward if you make it awkward. No, you're right. You're right. Period. Period. (laughs) Period. Period. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Back to what we were saying. Um, Curls. Yes. So we're talking about, you were sharing a little bit about your hair journey with me. And I just, I think it's such a beautiful story and I feel like a lot of people can relate to it when it comes to self-image and self-acceptance. And so I was wondering if you could just share that story with the listeners. Yeah. Okay. So let me start way back when I was super little. I was seven and it's my first like recollection of being unsure and not happy with the way I was. Mm. Um, Someone in my family looked at me I was always a chunky kid like I was I've always been like a little chunky (laughs) and then I was seven and I like someone in my family said your mom was never this big when she was your age 
And let me tell you, I was seven. I was a kid, like, and I remember that shook me to this day. I think about it and it's like, wow, like that hurt me for so long. And then growing up, like I was never happy with how I looked. After that, it was just like constant reminders of how ugly I was, how fat I was, like the boys didn't like chase me the way they chased the other girls and all that. And I remember my hair was a big play in it because I have really curly hair. You can't see it on camera right now, but my hair is super duper curly. And before I never saw that. My mom has curly hair, but she straightened it, keratin, everything to make it straight. My sister has wavy hair, so it's manageable. It looks nice all the time. I can't relate. Uh, so growing up, I saw that. And I, on TV, too, like, I never saw anyone with curly hair because even, like, people of color, like, was straightening it on TV because that's the way it was back then. So I never saw myself represented. Uh, so when I came here, I was an outsider. I didn't fit in. And as an outsider, the only thing I wanted to do was fit in. I wanted to be like the other girls. I wanted to act like the other girls. I wanted to be like taken in into their little groups. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I've never been a group type of girl. Like you'll never see me. Like I'm not a grupito type of girl. Like that's not me. I'm like friends with everyone. And that hurt me so much when I was little because I would see these group of girls. And I just, I wanted to be friends with them. But I'm like, but I also want to be friends with these people. And they wouldn't accept that. So I just, I was like left in the middle. and. I just wanted to look like them so bad. And I remember I got my first keratin on my hair when I was like nine. Mm -hmm. And I just straightened it. And it was, I did like three keratins and it was sixth grade. And I remember every single night I spent two hours just straightening my hair every single night instead of going out with my friends, um, spending time with my family, just, just being there with myself or with God. I was just like straightening my hair for two hours. and. It was a constant reminder that I wasn't happy with myself. Those two hours sitting there changing the way I looked just to be accepted by like people. And I remember in seventh grade, I started playing soccer. And if you play soccer or sports, you know that it gets real sweaty real fast. So I used to go and I used to have to wash my hair when I came back home and straighten it. And I saw this girl playing and she had curly hair. And I was like, I was so jealous. I was like, I feel like that's, I remember that because I was so jealous. I looked at her. I was like, I imagine like she goes home and she's good. Like she can go to sleep. Like she doesn't have to stay up, wash and straighten her hair, blow dry, all that jazz, you know? And I was like, but why can't you do that? Like, why can't you embrace who God made you and stop trying to change it for people that opinions that you don't need to care about? So I went home. And I think that was the last day I strained my hair in seventh grade. Um, I started wearing my ratchet curly hair because it was fried. It was fried, let me tell you. It was, <laughs> it was like really curly in the back, but at the front, it wouldn't straighten at all. So I'd have to like pull it back. But I lived my, my seventh grade life with my hair pulled back in some fried curls. Eighth grade, uh, I had really low self-esteem. I used to, I remember seventh and not eighth grade and ninth grade. I used to wear hoodies every day to school. It was like, no joke. It could be, if you live in Florida, it's hot. Like, especially in school 
with like portables and all that it gets mm-hmm. so hot and I wear hoodies it was like 97 degrees outside I'd be in my hoodie <laughs> you best believe I was in a hoodie um I just have like wasn't happy with the way I looked because also um normal bodies aren't normalized normal like people normalize like super skinny Victoria's Secret model and there's nothing wrong with that body type but it's the fact that most people don't have it mm-hmm. and most people want to have it there's nothing wrong with any body type but the way that it's just like skewed towards like one instead of like op- like one percent instead of opening to the other 99 um is something that really messed me up too so I used to like be super unhappy with myself and by ninth grade I was not doing too good ninth grade was rough uh it was my first experience in high school all my friends like dropped me out of no out of nowhere and it happens to so many people so many people I know ninth grade comes and like that's it like their friend group is over they have to get new friends and you know it's rough because you have to like build new friendships you have a lot of things going on at home and you're not happy with yourself. So after, after ninth grade, like I would get out of computer science class. I remember it so vividly. I was in the middle of computer science class and I hated that class. The funny thing is I want to major in computer science, but that class was just so much. Uh, and then I remember like asking the teacher, like, can I be excused to the bathroom? And she was like, yeah. And I was just like crying on the way to the hallway in the bathroom. Like I was just crying. I sat down. I was crying. I was like, what's going on? And then I had to like get back up, dry my tears, go back in. Like there was just so many things going on in my life. And it got so overwhelming, especially with the absence of God, because I was still in my process of like hating and loving God at the same time. So I would, I felt so alone. I felt unstable. Um little backtrack but when I was back in like fourth grade fifth grade I was in a new school I changed schools a lot and I was in a new school in fifth grade I didn't know anyone they've been together since they were like born because it was a charter school and I remember sitting in the kitchen in my old house crying to my mom like crying to her like I don't know who I am like who even am I like yeah I'm Paola pero like what does that mean like who am I inside and how old are you in fifth grade? Like 11? Like I was already going through that. I was 11. But when quarantine started, I remember like I wanted to change something in my life. I was like, okay, if I'm isolated and I'm seeing all these things within myself, it's probably for a reason. Like God is putting this for a reason. I remember I got more into church. It's weird because I was like watching it online, but I got more into it. Mm. And I did this thing that they have. It's called the stud program. It's like an intensive week. And I remember that helped me so much because they got me closer with a lot of people from church. And I met so many people that now I'm like super like close to. And I remember at the end of at the end of summer from my ninth grade, I was going into 10th grade. There was a couple weeks that I've been talking to my mom about like buzzing my hair off. At this time, my hair is already super long, super curly. It was so nice. It was like Pinterest nice. Like, this is how I wanted it. And there was so much emotional attachment behind that nice, long, curly hair that I didn't want it to define me because women are very defined by their hair. And like every, like, they're like, oh, your hair looks nice today. So you look nice today. Oh, your hair looks a little like ratchet today. You look super bad today. (laughs) 
on oh my god that reminds me of um on it i saw like people five people post this and it was like when someone compliments you oh you look nice today and the person responds thanks i brushed my hair i was like dang that's a real place (laughs) can't relate if you brush curly hair is game over game over I, i have naturally wavy hair so even when i brush my hair it gets pretty like like fluffy like lion type like thing. like yeah, yeah. I, i'd be rocking the buns bro because it, it's real the fluff is real but the bun like tames it so when i put in a bun and i let it out it's like a little more Flo- like a little flowy you know but it's a work in progress we out here we out here but <laughs> i remember in ninth grade it was my birthday my birthday usually doesn't fall in school days because it's november 25th it's around thanksgiving so it always sounds falls on thanksgiving day but ninth grade I remember it was on my birthday and for some reason the night before I didn't have time to like do my hair or wash it. It was like the third day. So it was looking a little, but not too much. It was like fine. And it was my birthday and I had this new bandana. I was so excited to wear it. I was like, I was so ready. I put it on and I got to school and one of my friends, he goes, your hair looks like ratchet today, but like good ratchet, but it looks ratchet. I was like, bro it's my birthday I'm like that hurt me so much and then the whole day I was so insecure mm-hmm. about how I look because my hair got called good ratchet like what does that even mean you know mm-hmm. um and you're already insecure about all these things and your hair's get like getting called that like mm-mm. so I was like I don't want to feel attached to my looks by my hair like I want to know who I am without my hair because I feel like it'd be a completely different person a breakthrough and in a podcast I listened to, it said, if you're putting something above God, you need to like cut it out of your life. Mm. I spent so much time, effort, like energy into my hair that I was like, I'm putting this like 400 levels like before God. And that was the thing that went like it, it clicked. I was like, I need to get rid of it and I need to do something to change my hair. And I was telling my mom, I was like, mom, I want to buzz it. Like, I want it out. And I was showing her pictures of people with buzzed hair. And I was like, look at this, mom. And I remember I followed this Instagram page. I'm like, look how powerful these women look. And she's like, I don't like that. And I talked to my dad about it. And he's like, that's not for girls. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling so offended. I was like, why not? Like, everyone could buzz their hair. I recommend everyone to buzz their hair. (laughs) (laughs) one day before school no two days before school we went to target and bought the the buzzing things the buzzing clippers oh my gosh and then the day after i woke up i was like i was researching i was like what am i gonna do with this hair because i wasn't just gonna throw it away so i researched and i found this place that accepted donated curly hair to make wigs for people with cancer and i thought that was so powerful i was like I'm letting go of something that's hurting me to give it to someone that's going to enrich them. And there's so many things that we get attached on that's not helping us, but maybe if we let them go, they can help someone else. Mm. So I remember sectioning my hair in four. If you go to my Instagram and find the like first picture of me bust and you go through it, it's a picture of me cutting it. I remember I was crying so much, like tears of liberation, tears of like, of finding myself again of this is who I am like 
it was just so crazy. Like if I could relive that moment for the first time again, I would. It was just, it was so powerful. Like I felt the presence of God there. I felt my presence there. Like I felt like my true being that was lost. And after that, it's just been growing and getting back, you know, like now it's so much longer. It's been like nine months. And I could just say that, like, that's something that changed my life and changed the way I felt about my, my, not only my identity, but also like how I looked in a good way. Cause I feel like people, when you buzz your hair, I look like an egg. I'm going to be straight up. <laughs> I would tell people like, I'm actually just Mr. Worldwide. Like, Stop. <laughs> Dude, we're twins. They call me Meg the egg. Like people literally call it, we're, we're 20, we're eggs for life, bro. <laughs> but, you know, I felt like seeing myself without something that I define myself with was like, I define my identity with my hair. Now I define my identity with what God created me with, with the, like what's within myself and my gifts, you know? So yeah, that's my hair story with a lot of other things I've put in. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing, Val. I love how you said in that moment when you were cutting your hair, you felt so much liberation because it's like the one thing that you really were putting before God, you know, hours a day, putting into something that at the end of the day, you were doing it for external validation, not because you wanted to. It'd be different if you did it because you wanted it and you liked it, but you were doing it for other people. And then one day you're playing soccer and you see this girl with curly hair just having the time of her life. And you thought to yourself, hmm, when she goes home, I bet she just washes her hair, goes to sleep and just is vibing. She's chilling. She's good. And you thought, why can't I be like that? Right. And I feel like it's in those moments and we ask ourselves questions like, well, why can't I do that? What's stopping me? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause we, we can do the thing, but what's stopping us? Right. And, and you, you took the time you took, you had courage to dig deep and be like, this is what's stopping me. It's not that I, I can't, I can, but there's something deeper behind that, you know? And so you cutting your hair isn't just a, a style statement, but it's something so much deeper. And I, and I believe that so many women and men, if they have long hair, I don't know, <laughs> whoever, if, whatever it is, you know, with your um, story, it was hair. Maybe for other people, it's something different, right? But I feel like your story is so impactful to people to let go of something that they're just prioritizing that at the end of the day, they're not even doing it for themselves, but for the validation of others. Mm-hmm. But when you do things for validation of others, you feel so empty. You feel so you don't feel like yourself. Right. And that's when you said the moment you cut your hair, you felt like you're finally yourself. And I saw something talking about Pinterest the other day and it was so beautiful. And it said, you don't need to find yourself. Like you're not lost. You are exactly where you are, but you need to, um, take away the layers that society put on you. You need to take away the, the comments and the things that society in the world and culture has told you, you need to be this, you need to look like this, like taking that away, stripping all that away, like an onion, stripping all those things down to find you at your core. You're not lost. You're right here. You're we're present. We know where we are, but the problem isn't, isn't finding ourselves. The, the, the problem is, is taking those layers out 
and, and getting to work and doing that. And as you've been able to do that, you've been like, you've found like a new freedom that you've never felt before. You, you said, um, even your relationship with God improved because something that you're putting before him no longer is before him. So now you get to spend that time, maybe two hours at night, you're doing your hair. Now you can, you know, you spend it differently, whether that's reading the word or journaling or whatever that is for you. But that's so powerful and so inspiring. And I feel like I can relate myself, right? I used to be super insecure if I didn't wear makeup. Like I didn't want anybody see me without makeup because my thing was, oh my gosh, what if they see me without makeup? What are they really going to think? Like, and I think about that and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is such a toxic mindset. Like what? Like that's horrible. (laughs) But for so long, my closest, like, um, I I wouldn't say with, 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 um, my best friends, but like with guys, I didn't want guys to see me without makeup. Right. And now through, through healing and, and peeling the onion and getting real with myself, I realized like, I love not wearing makeup. Like I'll, I'll wear it here and there, like maybe like two times a week, three times a week, but on my day to day, like I got my moisturizer, I got my little sunscreen and like, that's it because I love feeling like having a fresh face. Like I love that. But before I put makeup, not because I wanted to, but because I wanted to have the validation, what I thought the validation of others, what I thought I wanted to be beautiful in the eyes of others, but realizing those people weren't with me because of my face or how good it looked. No, they're with me because of me. Right. But it took a lot of like, a lot of like digging deep and asked myself, like, why am I so insecure? Like, why do I like, there were times where I would put makeup on. This is crazy. I would put makeup on and then I would look myself in the mirror and be like, oh my gosh, I think like I looked better without it. Yeah. I don't know if that's ever happening, but I literally multiple times I can recount multiple times. I put on makeup on. I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, I liked how I looked better before. And I was like, wait, this is crazy. Like, you know, and so, um, that's like, for me, I I've been able to in the past, um, I would say like year and a half, just really uncover that. And, you know, if I don't want to wear any, I won't. And if I do, it's cause you know, I want to like, you know, treat myself, you know, I take myself out on solo dates and, and, um, you know, if I want to like get my nails out of my hair and like treat myself, I'll do it, you know, but it's not like I'm doing it. So people can see me a certain way I'm doing it. Cause no, I want to get dressed up and, you know, like freshen up and do, but it, it's such a different, it's not a have to, it's, I want to do it. Yeah. It's a different mindset. It's a different mindset. And, and it's funny because like I would now, and my mom always told me this she, uh, when I was younger, but I never, I always thought of it opposite until, like I said, the past year, she's like, Megan, you'd rather be natural how you are and someone meet you in your natural state and how you look. And, and then when you do get your stuff, it's like, wow, like, hello, you know, but then my opposite view was I have to be like, wow, 24 seven. So then I was scared for them to see the real me, but it's like, wait, what's there to be scared about? Like what? And, and come to realize, um, people, and I've, asked all my guy friends this question. And they're like, we don't understand why girls go crazy with makeup. Like, like every single guy I've talked to, not, not one, not one, not one, not one I've ever said, I love a ton of makeup on a girl. Like guys yeah. always say, I prefer a natural girl. 
you know, and not saying makeup is bad. Hello, I wear it. I'm wearing some right now. Hello. Yeah, but right now. yeah, right. Like, you know, put some glow up. But it, it's like when we understand people love us not for what we look like, but for, for who we are, then I feel like also like we can step more into that freedom of like, we don't need to put a show or an act or a facade or an image for people. Right. Right. But I think it's not only for people, like not only how like I see you, but also like how you see yourself. Cause maybe yes. people love who uh-huh. are, do you love yourself for who you are without makeup, without hair, without all that mm. stuff? Like, do you love yourself? And I think you got to come to that realization because if you're doing it by like, oh, people still love me, so you don't do it. It's different than I still love me, so I don't do it. You know, that's so good. Yes, yes. I wanted to talk about that. That is so good. And thank you for making that point is it is getting to that point of self-acceptance, right? Self-acceptance, because if you can't accept yourself for who you are and love yourself for where you are, how you are. Mm-hmm. how can you receive acceptance from other people? Right. And I feel like it wasn't until in that moment, like, like you said that I accepted myself as my whole self loving Megs as who I am, where I am, that it changed my mindset on why I did things, you know, why I did the things that I did. And it be, it, it comes from a place of love, of loving myself and mm. And not trying to, you know, like it, it all comes down to inner deep work. It all goes back to going down to the root of it. Yeah. And something that God has been putting in my heart lately is that there's no one size fits all personality, one size fits all mentality, mindset. Like we are so caught up in trying to fit into society's mold, their cookie cutter mold that like we get lost, not lost, but we, we cover ourselves, like you were saying. And like some, like the thing that's God's been putting in my heart is that he sees spirits, not bodies. Mm. So I feel like my fitness journey, something that I've struggled with a lot because binging, eating disorders, all that is something that, that I struggle with so, so much. But until I came to that realization that God sees like our spirits, not our bodies. I started working out because I like to, because I want to keep myself healthy because yeah, dedicating my lifts to God. I love lifting heavy. I love like getting on those. Let's go, come on. But I started doing like, not because I wanted like an hourglass body shape or even if I did, it's because like, it's not an an unhealthy way. Like maybe I do want to like look different, but it's not in a a way of hate it's a way of exactly of- we, we want to improve ourselves we you know yeah. we know what we're capable of and i that's a good point that you're making is we're not doing it we don't like us so if we change we'll like us no we love how we are now but we know we can improve so we want to yeah 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 in a healthy way like if you're if you want to change yourself for a better but like healthier way because you could change yourself for better in an unhealthy way mm-hmm. but self for better in a healthy way honoring God, honoring like yourself. Cause sometimes we disrespect ourselves by the things that we do. Our brain, like the negative, negative Mm self-talk is so disrespectful to ourselves. It's like, and to God, like God created us and we're going to talk smack about ourselves. I don't think so. Girl. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think 
One thing that helped me a lot in my journey to just deepening my relationship with God and also myself was, Lord, help me see myself the way you see me. You know, like really, because what I see, I don't think it's what you see. Mm. I want to see what you see. And you soak that in and you're, you're just still, and you're reminded of all the things that he says about us, that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, that he made us in our mother's womb, that we're so cared for, that he sees us, like you said, not from our external, but our internal. And for me, when someone's internal is just filled with love and joy, they shine the brightest in my eyes. Yeah. God's like, and that's how I see you. But when you go down the set negative self-talk and criticism, you're crit- you're critiquing my artwork because I created you. I'm mm-hmm. the creator. And you're critiquing what? Like that hurts. Yeah. You know? It's like we wouldn't look if we had a child, we wouldn't look at our child like, oh my God, they're ugly. Like, no, like any baby that's your baby, they're the most beautiful baby in the world, period. Uh-huh. Okay, you know? Um, and so I I remember early college when I was at UCF, I did that every day. I prayed that prayer and I'd say, God, help me see myself the way that you see me. Mm. And it's funny, Paul, because I would tell people, imagine if instead of we were like bodies walking and you saw people for how they look, imagine if like the way we looked was like the posture of our heart. And I'm, I'm such an image person. So like, like, I mean, not, I'm like a, I see things like visuals. I'm a very visual person. So I, I think of like a literal, a literal heart with legs walking. And I'm like, if someone has a beautiful life-giving heart, they're the, they're shining the brightest wherever they go. But if someone's like, let's say beautiful in society's eyes, right? Beautiful, stunning, gorgeous, but their internal is dark and ugly and toxic. Well, mm-hmm that's not, you You don't see the external, you're looking at the internal. And I remember that's something that God just would always put in our hearts. Like Meg's man sees on the outside, but I look at the heart. Yeah. And it took time where I went from spending so much time in the morning, getting myself looking good on the outside to like, instead of spending an hour getting ready on how I look, I'm going to spend 20 minutes getting ready, like just, you know, hair, if I want to do my makeup, clothes. But then the next 40 minutes, I'm actually going to spend time with God. Yeah. Amen. And let me tell you about, I can remember times where like I had no time to get ready, but I just remember God, before I go out, I want to spend time with you. And I'd spend that time with him. And it's like, I would get the most compliments that day on how I looked. I was like, wait, what? Like, I literally like, I'm wearing what? Like, I, it didn't make sense Why to me. Girl. <laughs> no, girl, when I tell you like times where I took time to get ready, but like my time with the Lord wasn't, it was just really wasn't there. And then I'm like, okay, like chill day. But the times where like, I didn't even like try to look a type of way and just like, just spend that quality time with God. It's like, people are like, wow, you're shining today. I'm yeah. like, really? Like I was, I was so like, I was like, really? 
Like, dude, you're beaming. Like you're literally glowing. I don't know what it is, but you're glowing today. I was like, okay, I see you God. But it's, 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 it's something you can't fake. Mm-hmm. It's something you can't buy. It's something that truly transforms you. Yeah. And I feel like when you get to that point of self-acceptance, you, like you said, your relationship with God becomes stronger because you're no longer seeing yourself through the image that you put yourself in or others, but the image of the creator. Yeah. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that the hearts, like the, when you said it, I also imagine just not even like real hearts. I just imagine like the heart shape, (laughs) the little arms, because I'm a little person too. So the same way you saw it, I saw it. And it's crazy because instead of thinking hearts, I think what if we're just like, like little stars. I know stars are huge, but what if we were just like little circles, like floating around and like some of them were like super bright and the other ones were like super dark. And that's crazy how you see it that way. And even before we've never spoken about this, but I see it like the same exact way. And when you said like you spent so much time getting ready, I felt that like I'd I'd wake up like an hour earlier just to get ready. And I feel like if you have the right friends, if you're around the right people, they don't care as much as what you look like than what you have inside. Because there's people that care about what you look like. There's Mm -hmm. so many people, especially me in high school. It's so big on looks. Like if you don't look good, then like we won't talk to you. Things like that. It's like so stupid. But if you're with the right people, like they don't care how you look like, like, I know I can go to your house and like sweatpants and a hoodie and you like, that's a conversation. I'm like, girl, let's get to talking. Let's get to yeah. Or like yesterday I went to church. I didn't have makeup on because I wasn't like ready. I was doing things before and I took my little makeup bag and I was like, I'll do my mascara in the bathroom at church. Cause it's like, I'm not going to be like later than I need to be. Cause we spend such a good time, like talking about the night I spend so like so such a good time before talking with with you like I was talking to you before and I feel like I would probably miss that if I stayed home for like 20 more minutes doing my makeup you know and instead like I went to the bathroom and I was still having such a powerful conversation with um Amanda we were talking yeah. about what we we're gonna speak about and we're like we gotta get these people hyped up and we were in the bathroom I was putting my mascara on and if I were in my house putting my mascara on I would have some like random music playing rather than like being able to enjoy those moments and those conversations. Cause yeah. what I realized is that people don't remember how you look like they remember the moment that they shared with you. Mm. And that's something that like changed how I saw everything. It's like, I go to your house and we spend such a powerful moment and we share like deep, meaningful, like stories. You'll remember the deep, meaningful stories. You won't remember the jeans I was wearing. Come on, or, come on. Or even even if it's like with a with with a a guy with a friend group, like if you go guys go out and you have like dinner and you have like a wonderful time, he or your friend group, they're gonna remember like how much they laughed because yeah, they're not gonna remember like how good your hair looked or how nice your winged eyeliner was. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. 
That's so good. Oh, I love that we're talking about this because especially now, I mean, Val, you're in high school and that's a real place to be in. Mm. Like when I tell you how much I cared about, I mean, obviously I, I, I want to keep myself healthy and looking good, but it was in a different perspective, like we spoke about. Right. And so I know a lot of people listening are in high school some may be young adults, some may be older, but it's a real place to be in. It's a real place to be in. And to like, it's so funny in the book club, everyone's like, wait, you're what? You're 16. I'm like, I know she looks like she's 26. It's cray cray. But it's not only like how you look, but it's really how you are and your perspective. I mean, girl, you are so ahead of your years. You are so ahead of your years. And the things that you're learning now about, you know, self-acceptance about like, in the book club about marriage, like girl, like I told you, I was not at a book club at 60 years old. <laughs> when I tell people I'm in a book club, they're like a book club. I'm like mm, a book club. You should be in a book club. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, people like, I'm like, y'all it's lit. Like we got cookies. We got conversations. Like it's a good time. Like it's a whole party. Um, seriously. It's so much fun. Like not even like the book is good, but I go for the people like, I was telling people because we were supposed to finish two weeks ago, but because (laughs) (laughs) so we were supposed to finish two weeks ago and we were like, okay, we have a potluck. It's our last one. So like Issa bought like crumble cookies. She brought empanadas from Graciano's. Like everybody brought like we had a whole Friendsgiving. We tried watermelon with with mustard. Yeah, the TikTok trend threw me off, but you know we out here. We did it. Uh, It wasn't that bad, but it wasn't my favorite. Yeah, I I, watermelon alone. It's fine. You know, you don't need the mustard. You don't need the mustard. (laughs) But it was so funny because that was supposed to be our last one until we start like a new book. And we, we had so much fun just talking and eating and being in community together that we didn't even like start talking, talking about the book until like nine, nine 30. Mm-hmm. And then, but we, we, we go and share that because again, it's like, again, we're like, we, the book is good. Yes. But it's the community that we built around it. Like the friend group, like people that we would have never met before had like, we not come together for like a common thing, right? Yeah. Because of that one common thing we've been able to talk and get real with each other and and have conversations but just again that community and like when we think about Thursday nights we don't just think about like reading pages of a book we think about like laughing like the giggles the the conversations like I'd be fighting everyone in that book (laughs) dude you're you're very vocal and I love it I love it um I think Sayas appreciates the 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 commentary between you and him. I, I know we do. I I have so much fun fighting with Sayas. He has, <laughs> he's like, yeah, but like, but like friends before, like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's like, calm down. Like, and, and then you have to spend like 20 minutes explaining to him what you meant. And it was, <laughs> he meant, if, when he listened to this, bro. <laughs> that was so funny. Oh my God, no. Oh. Uh. Love them. Love them. So good. But yeah, and it's like exactly going back to what you said, Paul. It's all about, you know, people won't remember the jeans you were wearing. They won't remember the, what, the wing on your highlighter? I don't know how y'all no, call it. I, you know, when you like make a wing. The no. wing, yeah. the, todo eso. 
people aren't going to remember. They're going to remember how you made them feel, you know? Yeah. And, and, and there's a, a really famous quote and it's like, at your funeral, no one's going to be talking about this, this, like the body that you had. No mm-hmm. one's going to be talking about the amount of Instagram followers that you had. No one's going to be like at the end. I'm such a person. I always think about the long, not always, but I think a lot about the long term and what matters. And at the end of the day, when I'm no longer here, what matters? Like yeah. when I'm no longer here and I have kids and grandkids and they're here and they're they're doing things for the next generation, what really matters? It's not about the looks. It's not about, you know, that it's about how I made people feel because that's what they're going to remember me as. Yeah. And the gonna- more that I have a deeper understanding of that, the more I want to love on others unconditionally, the more mm-hmm. I want to seek to understand people, the more that I want to have one-on-one conversations. Like I will have a one-on-one conversation with someone, you know, Wednesday night with the girls um, at VSM and, and just sitting with them. I'm like, wow, like this is a, a privilege. Like what a privilege that I get to have a first look into these girls' lives and they get to open up to me. Like, I don't take that lightly. You know, mm-hmm. but that to me is so special and going to leave such a greater impact on maybe not the world, but in one person's life. And that can be a ripple effect in the lives of many other people, right? Focusing on the one, you know, when, when you, we're not focused on the external and focused on lights, camera action, but the one, the person mm-hmm. right in front of us, are we being present? Are we listening? Are we loving? Are we caring? Are we seeking to understand where they're coming from? Because that one conversation might be the very thing that they need, right? Yeah. Little did I know our conversation over fondue, like was going to lead to like a seven month journey of just beautiful friendship and us getting cafecito and talking and meeting up crying together laughing together being real with each other you know um how are you I'm actually not okay okay awesome let's talk about it let's talk about it you know Mm -hmm. that's okay that you're not okay you know let's let's talk about it what's going on like we have that that friendship we have that relationship but why because we were intentional from the beginning yeah. We we're intentional. Of, hey, what's your name? Val? Oh, I'm Megs. How long have you been here? Wait, what? How did we never meet before? Mm. X, Y, Z, seven months later. Right. And that's crazy. That's crazy to think about. But it, I think when you get to see people for who they are, see them like their hearts, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's such a beautiful thing. It's, it's, it's like, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's a gift. I would say when you get to have a conversation. And then when people say, when you like when their funeral, I feel like it's so much more powerful for someone to hear. She made me feel heard rather than she looked very nice. Every Wednesday, like her style was popping. Mm. Different. Like she made me feel heard. She made me feel loved. She was there for me then she always had like the best style like her hair was always on point that makeup like she rocked it every time it's so like it's so different one's like personal and like you could feel it and the other one's like oh like every other person yeah a hundred percent 
That's so good. Wow. Thank you so much for taking your time today, this morning, early morning, let's go early bird gets the worm to uh-huh. chat about just your story, sharing your story, talking about mental health, talking about your story with your hair and how that led to so much liberation, so much freedom to self-acceptance to just so many things that I feel like people right now are struggling with. Mm. And I don't say, I think I, I, I know they're struggling with because we talk about it, you know, uh, people open up that they are, these are the things they're struggling with. Right. Yeah. So thank you for having the courage to open up on the podcast, to share your story, because I know just how you've inspired me. I know it's going to inspire many, many other people. And I want to ask you the question of the pod. And that is, if you knew then what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? Okay. I feel like this is going to sound kind of cliche, but I honestly would tell my younger self to just let go of things that aren't helping me and trust God. Because trusting God has changed so much in my life. Like he's opened doors, he's closed doors, he's cut so many ties with so many people, but connected me with new ones like you, with Juanita, with Isa, with so many other people that I've met. I feel like those new ties I wouldn't have found if I weren't trusting God because I probably wouldn't have gone to a book club, wouldn't have like tried to talk to Juanita when she first came to my house. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I would just tell myself to trust God because when I was younger, I wasn't born Christian. I was born Catholic and I never had that relationship with God till I was like in my teen years. So just like trust God and look for what he thinks about you rather than what you want to think about you what people think about you what your parents think about you and look for his acceptance rather than everyone else's because people are gonna fail you but god like never ever fails so good that's that is spot on sister that is spot on let's go oh again thank you so much baum i adore you my girl and i will see you tonight I love you. Thank you. We'll talk later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave a rate and review as it makes a huge difference. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family. And don't forget to follow at One Thing in Common Podcast on Instagram and tag us with any insights you got from the episode. I am so grateful for each and every one of you and I hope you have the best week. Much love.